And we're good. And we're recording. I think you put a little bit too much honey in the onions. I agree with that. It was a little sweet. I think it's I think it's all personal preference. No one's disputing that. Right. It was too sweet for me. It was very it was very good though. It's not my fault that you guys don't like to go to flavor country. I think I would have uh made it a little better. No, 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 no. I would have. No. If we're being fair and nice, instead of insulting people... Sorry, personally, subjectively, I would have made it better for myself, but not for you. Well, hang on. I was about to compliment you. Oh, sorry. Okay, bring it on. On making great burgers Thank you. for they the three were of good. us. Thanks, guys. I appreciate that. That's the first time we ever did something like that together. Yeah. I, I thought we worked really well as a team. Everybody just you know, asked, hey, can I help? Assumed a Do you position want to explain what everyone did? Yeah, for sure. I cooked the burgers in a nice cast iron skillet while I guess I I'd squirted avocado out of the peel. Yep, Matt. I thought you were going to tell people what okay, each of us so did. So I sliced up some red onion, threw it in a pan with a little butter. Then Matt added his signature sauce, which was some raw honey. Some raw honey. To the onion. I also, what did I do with the bread? Oh, Matt drizzled oil. Yeah, he sliced it yeah. in half. These were really nice whole wheat buns from Wegmans. Shout out. And You uh, have decent like knife skills, too. I know. Does he? I, I was going to say Mike's I only, skills. I, I only saw him shove the knife into it. Yeah. It, was, it, was, then it depends on the knife. See, with a serrated bread knife, agreed. you do it differently. But with a sharp unserrated knife you kind of gotta you know massage your way in there massage your way in i understand but wait the best part was me drizzling the avocado oil onto the bread and then toasting those buns jordan was the best he imagined (laughs) he cut an avocado he does not know how to remove the pit i tried to teach him he said no thank you it worked i was fine with that i didn't even have to peel the sticker off Keep the sticker uh, on. We should have washed them first. Regardless. He did a great job mashing. What's the, the point of washing them first? We're eating so the inside. 18 people, 1,000 people, whatever, went in there. Oh, let me find the best avocado. Honk, honk. Right? They're <laughs> grabbing all the avocados. Then you cut the knife right through all of their germs, and you put it right into the inside of the avocado. Shout out to Carly, who and taught me that Shout out to one. Skeeter, honk, honk. Yeah. Honk, honk. That, to me... Makes sense, but it sounds a little neurotic. No, I agree with that. But coming from the person who does it, who's not neurotic, I respect it. I think it was, uh, it's something that I currently do. You know, it's something that I was like, yeah, that makes total sense. For the most part, I like to live in that kind of bubble too, Mm -hmm. for the most part. Right. But then when you travel to places, like we were just in uh, parts of Asia. The bubble of keeping your shit clean. Yeah, well, like, okay, so we were just in Asia, and I saw this, but every time I go to New York City, I see this, too. The subways, the way that right. everybody holds on to the subway um, poles and stuff so they don't fall. Everybody sits on the seats and hangs on the, the straps. And when I get on the subway, because I'm really not used to it, I'm like, oh, my God, I don't want to touch anything. Everybody, millions of people are blowing their noses and wiping their asses and touching their PPs and VVs and Jesus touching this Christ. stuff. And it's like... But sometimes you got to get into the... Well, I know. And, and obviously, all those people don't go home and die from sickness all the time. I'm sure some do. But 
Probably not. There's point is, it's probably not that bad to cut through Wrap an avocado. <laughs> the way I think about it, washing it. Well, a wait, couple wait, hundred wait. years ago, okay. as human beings, like where were we living? What kind of conditions? And you know what I mean? We were also dying from a lot of things that are extremely curable and easy to cure. Have I don't any, think that's the best argument. However, have I, any of you guys, I'm serious, have any of you guys had to shit into a hole in the floor before? Not, not forced, but by choice, of course. Well, what I mean is, I don't mean like you, you yeah. dig a hole. I no, mean, I've been to, to a, I've been to a country like, where I had to squat in okay. a, into a hole. Okay. No problem. I'm just curious because it's just so different. When we were in China, right? that's something that we witnessed a lot was like people, and there's no partition between the toilets. So like you just go in the bathroom, there's like three dudes and they're just sitting next to each other on the ground pooping and there's no toilet paper i'm actually kind so, of fuck. i'm kind so of like, jealous of that i even asked we're renovating the house currently we're renovating a house that carly bought and i said could we just have a hole so that we would naturally just squat down well that is i mean shit into the it's hole. the easiest way to shit it's that's the why they, way. that's why squatty potty was on shark tank and it did it's i think it's doing really well explain why it's the healthiest ah so when you squat down you are you are allowing your um, uh, without being like too vulgar. You're, you're allowing your insides to relax as much as possible so that it can naturally flow out your anus. Your poop easily. shoot. Yeah, your poop shoot. Yeah. Sphincter. So so when we sit, you know, versus it being kind of long, right? Mm-hmm. We do this to it and we hinder the actual flow. And a lot of people like sit forward when they when they take a shit. That's why people are now making those mechanisms where it'll help you get your where, well, where your yeah, your knees come up higher, which squatty mimics potty. the squat. Yeah, like a squatty potty. Yeah, yeah. My and sound guy has one, Alex. He says it's the greatest invention that he's ever come across. Bring it over. Let's try it. I'll ask him. I I'll thought about him. sometimes just I'll taking a tomorrow. big stack of books where then you can just put your feet up. And sometimes like if you're just feeling it, you're like I can't go. Or it's hurting or something like that. You just try to pick your knees Should, up. So I haven't used it. Should I use it tomorrow and report back? Fuck yeah, please do. Okay. I'll wait to go plep plep until I hang out with Alex and I'll use his squatty potty. Plep plep. Okay. Oh God. This is such a... Honestly, no, 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 this though, is good though. This know, is like really important for the people to know. That right, because... That as a coach of strength and conditioning, I struggle oftentimes. There are people who come in and they don't know how to squat, Right. And so maybe they, they sit too long at their desk job. They're not super mobile. They don't stretch. They don't do anything. And so it's really hard for them to squat down to do certain things, right? So if we're just doing like a basic back squat, it's hard for them. And we have to do a lot of mobility to get them there, to get them back from where they once were. Mm-hmm. They probably could have done this when they were younger. But then if you go to like an Asian country, people squat when they eat. People squat to take a shit. They just squat more often in a relaxed state, and we don't do that. And I'm kind of jealous that that's a thing, because I know over like the last maybe three, four years, I've done a lot of sitting in the squat and trying to make it comfortable. Do you know who is amazing at squatting? Tyson. Tyson. Well, dogs know. All dogs squat. That's right. Because dogs just go off instinct. That's right. right. But we have all the information within us. We just, like, we have to unlearn the bad teachings. Well, we've ruined it with toilets. Do you know like what's, many do you other know what's cool, though? Do you know what's cool about Tyson? Is, is that Who is Tyson? Tyson's my dog. He's sleeping right there. And he's looking at me right now because he heard his name. But it's cool, dude. You can chill. Um, if you're watching this, uh, the stream, you'll probably hear him snoring. 
Yeah, you may. But you know what's really cute that Tyson does, and it's kind of intuitively smart? He, when we're on a trail, he doesn't just stop and shit in the middle of the trail. He goes, walks purposefully off the trail, finds like a tree and some leaves, and puts his back to it usually so that he doesn't have to worry about what's behind him. And he goes, poop poops. A dog with dignity. Yeah. Do, do you guys ever lock eyes when he's doing it? Sometimes he looks at me because he wants to know that he's safe. Exactly. I've heard it's a survival yeah. mechanism. But see, my dog, Charlie, when he was alive, see, Charlie, see, it's really cool what Tyson does, but it's harder to get him to shit anywhere because he doesn't like to just go anywhere. He likes to find his spot. Whereas I could walk Charlie outside and like when we lived in the city, he would just, when he was ready, just shit right in the middle of the sidewalk. <laughs> and it was, gr- I mean, <clears throat> yeah, most dogs sniff and sniff and sniff and sniff. And then finally you think, nope, false alarm. They keep going. And I saw, I saw what it's like at your place. Tyson takes time. He definitely takes his time. But man, but don't you take your time? We were just talking about this. Don't you take your time? Well, we Jordan? take, our, we all take our time Pronouns. now on the toilet because of our goddamn cell phones. Right. Oh, I went, I took a shit today. Sans cell phone. Ooh, three minutes. Yes. Yeah, wow. See, that's the problem. Shit with cell phone. That's the thirty see, minutes. Easy, easy, easy. But they elongate every every process that should be very quick, like going to the bathroom or waking up in the morning, or the even phone? going to bed at night. Yeah, if your phone's right next to you, you're checking your socials before bed. You're and there's never sh- been one time where I wake up and the first thing I do is look on my phone. There's never been one time I felt good about that, ever. I feel good about that when I wake up and there's like a badass email or right. a text from somebody that I want to hear from. I remember. I, I'm talking about, but already as soon as you wake up, before your body even like adjusts to being fully awake, if you're already like mentally in that world, I think there's a better way to do it. My problem is, is that my alarm is on my phone. So to turn sure. my alarm off, the phone's already in my hand and then I'm triggered. Jeff, yeah. Jeff Blake. Who, who coaches me. He's a great friend. Everybody knows What do you him. mean he coaches you? He coaches me in... Coaches in you like your Little League soccer team? Little League soccer team and... Yeah. Justin and I were once on a Little League soccer team the whole season. I don't remember any of this. Didn't win one game. Wow. Didn't score one goal Shit. for that team. I'd rather just you just too sweep me. But now you just left me Next hanging. Season. Right. Two. Next season. Um, so, Jeff Blake... Coaches me in powerlifting. And he had a rule of not checking your phone, not checking emails, not doing any of that stuff before you got up and wrote down, what am I working on? Who do I need to call an email? And he got his day set up and he would spend, I think, 30 minutes or however long it took him to get through that. I think I remember him saying 30 minutes. Does he say he's, is that ideal or is that what he's actually living each morning now? That's what he's. That's at the time when he did a goal setting seminar. That's what he was expressing that he was living. That not saying that he wanted to do it or that he had this grand idea that he would love to be that person who did that. But he was just doing that, and I found that that, that was great. That, you know, but but I'm with Matt, the great email. I remember booking tours, and it was like three in the morning, and I was like, come on, come on, give me someone respond. I want to get a show booked. And so when I woke up in the morning, I was super pumped. Like, come on, hoping I'd open up a jackpot. I spend a good bit of time usually in bed going through emails or responding to emails or even making calls when I first wake up. 
And I feel really good about it. I kind of like, I wake up and my mind's already active. Like it's going. Right. That's part of the reason why I wake up. So I want to get to it right away. Then if I can clear some of the things that I have to do off that list in bed, when I get out of bed, that gives me more time to have leisure time to really like wake up, get my coffee, feed the dog, let him go to the bathroom. I don't know, pull the laundry, take a shit for 30 minutes if I want to. I mean, just there's so many things that I can then sort of do and decompress from. Then maybe there's follow-up or I can really get out and do stuff that's more physical. You know, I get that. I know for me a couple mornings ago, I, I woke up and as soon as, you know, I turned the alarm off, <clears throat> I opened the emails and the email I got was not one that I wanted to read at that time. Um, and it created stress and tension. And I think that if I had waited and done the, the ideal routine of making my bed and meditating and getting physically active for a few minutes, I feel like reading that email, I wouldn't have been as like shook from that. And at least for me, I would have been a bit more calm and settled in my day. Please. But, but why, if you even had an inkling of a thought that it might be an email that you don't want to read, why open it? You could always wait. Because as soon as I saw who it was from at that time of day, am I, it, like, I, it, would be, it would be hard to meditate with that in the back of my mind. Well, it c- would create more anxiety. It would, but you I was almost know, like ripping the band-aid off. Expect. Yeah, you know what to expect. Yeah. I guess now my my problem. What I should have done, so I I didn't find out, and honestly, it was a miscommunication. I didn't find out until that night that what I thought was intended wasn't the case, and it was all good. For me, I was like, you know what? I had a very stressful day the day before. I'm gonna let this sit until later, and then it was still in the back of my mind all day when I could have just addressed it head on at that moment. And I realized it would have been fine. But with that type of situation, it was a crapshoot. So that makes me think about things that I encounter often where I'm involved in something. I have to give my full attention. But something that I don't expect happens right before I have to go do that thing (laughs) that I have to be focused on. And it used to be really hard for me to do that. If I had something in the back of my mind or a red flag that popped up in some way before I was supposed to be very invested in something. It can be anything as simple as like, I have to go teach drum lessons for an hour on tour. But right before I get a call or I see an email or something, I can't push the lesson back. Right. So my, my point is, as great as it is, and, and I mean this as a suggestion, mm-hmm. or maybe it's something for <clears throat> people listening to try if, it ever, if you ever can think fast enough if something pops up, but try compartmentalizing in that moment. Of course, you could make a rule that says, I'm not even going to look at my phone when I wake up until I get my head right. And that's great. I totally back that too. I think you do what's right for you. But if you do look and you do see something, sometimes you should ask, do I need to look at this now? Or even, can I practice not looking at this now? And still being happy or still going and doing something productive and learning how to compartmentalize that fear or that anxiety and realize that it's maybe not going to be that big of a deal. The more I would practice things like that, or the more I was put in those situations, the better I've gotten at having this undercurrent of anxiety for a specific thing, but being able to compartmentalize it and almost 
make it less of a stressor by waiting, if that makes sense. Right. I but I think part of having my morning routine of, you know, of kind of taking care of myself first mm -hmm. before I need to be responsible to any other demand of a person or what a, a deadline, whatever it may be. That's part of my practice in, I think, cultivating what you're talking about. Mm -hmm. That's good. So I can, you know, have greater, you know, insight and clarity about boundaries and things like that for myself. That's good. I guess, again, it boils down to everybody being different, too. I think there's certain days when I really need to put the phone away and, like, and, and have that time to really figure out where I need to be focused that day and do things for me. Then there's other days when I wake up and I'm just ready. And I'm in it right away. Right. You know? I think I think in depends. Jordan's case, and, and I've felt this, and we've, everyone's probably felt this before, or many people have felt this before, <laughs> um, it almost goes back to the procrastination portion that causes anxiety. So if you see a certain email, or you get a phone call, and, or a text message, and you start to realize, oh, shit, like, I probably shouldn't read this, but if you don't, it's going to linger and fester and cause you to be more anxious. And like you're saying that, it, uh, like Jordan was saying, it wouldn't allow him to actually get through the meditation or the morning routine. But that's the but, point. But then, but then it's that's like... That's the point, though. I, I mean, I think things would, are going to pop up in your life. I think what he's talking about, though, it was like uh, an isolated incident. It's not like this happens often. If, no. If anything, no. anything that happens like that that you would encounter often, you would probably say, well, that person is somewhat toxic. I don't really want this in my life. Or it would be a good practice that every time it comes in, or if you get that, like you may experience that but because in, you're, but, but, uh, you're running me, more, it's you're running in business. Right, right. So you're running many businesses and it's doing happening concurrently. And so you might have one person hits you with something that for you, it might feel stressful for Jordan. That may have felt like, Oh, this is just no big deal to get this done. Now, how you react to it is obviously highly subjective, but the more you encounter it, like you've probably encountered it multiple times. This is an isolated incident it's hard to then say, oh, well, next time I'm going to do this because whatever. Well, I, that's, that's I, it boils down to more happens, the better he can deal with it. Any of us would be able to deal with a situation like that. It's prioritizing, right? Isn't that what that is? In a way, it's, it's you're prioritizing what gets the focus at what point. And it, it, that comes in a lot. Well, the, the answer to that comes in a lot of different ways. Sometimes you can be very, very aware of that there's multiple things in front of you and you have to prioritize. Sometimes the reason why you take the time in the morning is to just do exactly that. It is right. to prioritize right. for that day. But there's other times, again, where you're forced to prioritize. Right. And I guess that's what I'm talking about. I, I'm not, I don't disagree with anything that you've said or Jordan. And I, I don't disagree with what you're totally. saying. I think that's just a practice that you put into motion and you decide that I come first no matter what email, phone call, text message comes through. It doesn't matter. It can all wait. And we know that. It's just uh, well, it's, it's a fact that we live in an area where everything seems to want to happen at the snap of a finger. So someone texts you, you're driving, and right away you're like, oh, well, let me answer this back. Well, when you yeah, know you shouldn't be yeah, doing this. Don't, yeah, that's but it's yeah. conditioning. And, it, and yeah. now that we're conditioned... Just like we talked about with squatting, what, why, how dogs go to the bathroom versus what we've done, right? We've conditioned ourselves not to be good at it. It's the same thing. We have to put the work in, make a conscious decision to change it, and then keep reiterating the work. And as Jordan would say, don't be so fucking rigid, right? If you mess up, you get back up. Yeah, but, but, but hold on. This is a lot more serious for a lot of people, I think. 
okay. that don't know how to deal with this kind of stress. Right. And I, I guess that's where I'm coming from because when I first started encountering these kinds of things, it would make me miserable. Like if I was in the middle of doing something, what are I, these specific things? Like give it just talk a couple uh, examples. It can be, I don't even, I don't even know. I'd have to really think about like things that affected me that way because there were so many in different business with band happy. There were things all the time and that's really where it started. So this is someone sending you an email well, or it could a text be anything or a, like a maybe voicemail. I have a show, right? I'm playing, I'm on tour with periphery, right? I'm about to go on stage and I get this email that requires immediate attention. Okay. Now it do, it's not that big of a deal on either end. The email can wait. I do need to go on stage. That takes precedence. But it used to seriously bother me. I would play the whole set thinking about that that email. I'd have to shit. I'd be nervous. I'd be anxious. It's all these feelings. And sometimes it happens in other scenarios too. Like, let's say you go out on a date with somebody, right? You're having this great time. You're with this person. You want to give your attention. And then you get, I don't know, you get a text message or you get a phone call or something happens. And you can't help it, but it just triggers you. And you start worrying. And then you get in your own head. And your date's like, what's wrong with you? Um, these are real scenarios that I think will happen to everybody at some point. And now you're not present and you're still trying to figure out a way, how can I balance these two things? And that's why I try to practice, uh, just, I don't want to say discovering, but like when those things happen, I really try my best to ask the big picture questions. Like Mm -hmm. how important is this really? If I don't respond right now, what's the worst case scenario? We were talking about this the other day. Right. You had something going on that you had to deal with, with with business, and you were a little, I don't know, concerned or worried. And I said, what's the worst case scenario? What's the best case scenario? And we ta- I think we talked about this even on the last podcast. Mm-hmm. But that's a, that's a form of, I, I think, um, what's the word I'm looking for? It's, it's, a, it's a form of stopping... <laughs> the feelings from rushing in. Right. Right. right? I, don't, I don't know the word that I want, but it, by stopping yourself and trying to be a little bit objective to the situation and look down And not from be above, as reactive. And not be as reactive. And that's the, thi- that's the thing that fucks me up is that if I let my mind go down a rabbit hole, it's going to go far down the rabbit hole. Right. And that's Which is why I have a meditation practice. And that's really good. To cultivate good. that non-reactivity. But instead, it's my choice to respond to whatever's happening in my life. And right. I think a couple key points. So yeah, there's being able to you know, compartmentalize certain things. So you have a show that takes precedent in the moment because there are people there waiting for you to play. So I think if you're able to kind of put the band happy deal kind of stored away, know that like it will be there when, when you're finished, mm-hmm. but allowing yourself to enjoy this set and giving your full attention to the people who paid to be there and your bandmates and all that stuff. That's a good skill. I think another piece to this conversation is really having big picture, where are you trying to go? Like, what's what's your goal or, or a few goals in your life? And I think that will help you prioritize these different things. So maybe when an email comes and it's more business related, maybe that does take precedent sometimes depending on where you're ultimately trying to end up. And I think at, as far as making like a decision model for where, where your energy and your attention should go in certain things. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, like this is, this is, it's tricky stuff because it's life and life is messy. And a lot of this stuff is very new, right? So if it was 20 years ago, you wouldn't be dealing with the same stress. You would maybe have a pager, right? Or maybe had a cell phone. 
that someone's calling you on, you know, and and if if you had a pager, well, yeah, you're they'd not be like texting you nine one one, and you'd have to go find a payphone to call someone. Right. Now that it's so instantaneous, and we grew up with it, we feel the strain of well, they hit me up, I need to instantly get back to them. So I think this could come back to having better lines of communications with the people that you're working with or have relationships and with. And part of that communication is establishing boundaries. Right. And letting them know that, hey, you know that I'm about to go on stage, so maybe you could wait. Well, but, uh, look, well, let's I mean, not get hung up on, on right, that Right, that could be my new instance. details, obviously. But, but let's just say, hey, if you hit me up and you know it's like urgent should mean give me an hour or Think something of that Think about things that, 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 that don't involve communication, though. Mm-hmm. Someone gets in a car accident, and you're in the middle of something. You have to go give a presentation, or you own a website. You're doing X, and website crashes, and you right. have to scramble to get it up, but you can't. I'm saying there are things that that don't involve two-way communication that happen all the time. Yeah, that's life. It is life, absolutely. And I just, for me, I, I love that that you have meditation to center you to better prepare yourself for those things. For me, I like to put myself in those uncomfortable situations and force myself to deal with them, whereas meditation for me doesn't doesn't work. And I would you, go you exercise really, and listen to periphery. Well, that's awesome. And I think that is the point that everybody should take away from this, which is there is no one way to meditate. I don't think there's one way to solve the problem of anxiety. There's no way to predict what could happen and there's no point in worrying about right, or those what things. email, text message problems going to come up. So who's going to hit me up? So to at to to to, sh- to sort of bring this part of the conversation to a halt, I really like what you said, which is focus on yourself. Do whatever you can to be as happy as you possibly can. And if that means that you need to meditate in the morning, or you want to center yourself, do it. If you're more like me and you want to wake up and you want to get on your phone or dive right in or force yourself to wait on something, do it. That's fine. Whatever feels right for you, but don't just let any sort of discomfort or uncomfortable feelings guide where you go. You need to take control of your mind and make decisions that will help you feel better on a day-to-day basis, which helps you tackle your goals, and it helps you care for yourself more and therefore be better at communicating to others and so forth. I think this ties in nicely to the exercise that we talked about at the end of the last podcast that we said that we would do between then and now um, because that will help, you know, knowing what our priorities are and where we're trying to go in life. I think that will help uh, make us feel like we have control over our lives. If we don't know where we're going, then external things, whether it's a spouse or siblings or the community or a boss or whomever, they're going to end up being in control, you know, of your driver's seat and, and making your decisions. So I don't know. I think that's a, an appropriate time to kind of get into this. Definitely. Well, and I, yeah, we talked about on the last podcast, we talked about um, trying to figure out what your passion is in a way, but by doing it through these very simple, logical steps of making a Venn diagram or making two lists that list on one side, <clears throat> one side the things that you're very, very good at and don't be modest, and then on the other side, list all of the things that you're interested in or that you like in, in all of the world. And what you can do then is you can draw lines or you can put all of the things that would relate into the center of the Venn diagram. And when you see all the things grouped together that sort of 
nicely relate to each other, you can maybe form a really unique sense of your passion and then turn that into an actual career or goal or list of, of to-dos that can actually make your you feel better. Routine. Yeah, there's just so there's so many cool things. But yeah, we, we said that we were gonna do this as homework ourselves um, to, to sort of just maybe catch up or, or check in with where we are with our own personal goals. Um, or reaffirm those that are there, and I, hopefully some of the listeners did this too. Yeah, and really I think cool even did, even but. doing this once a year or every six mm-hmm. months, just to kind of recalibrate and see where you're at, and if the goals that you're working towards still align with what feels good for you. It's checking in with yourself. Yeah, and it's going to change, right? So month to month, especially if you're not sure, and you're now on this path of discovery. It's going to change as you try all these new experiences. And I think we talked about this last time, saying yes to things, going and trying different things. And then even on a, on a weekly or a biweekly or a monthly basis, you can write a new one and start to really hone the picture. Yeah. You can learn what things you want to maybe cut out or find something new to add to it. You can always adjust. And it is a, it's just a good starting point. But that is what it is. This is a starting point. It's really easy to make a list. Right. It's really easy to sit down and, and put things on paper and say, yeah, I like this, and I, I'm really good at this. The hard part is being able to look at, look at the center of this Venn diagram and figure out what things to combine in order to actually make your life into what you want it to be. But then after that, it's getting up and doing it. That's a really hard part. So we should tackle these things in steps, but... It's hard. But before we can make any behaviors, like I said before, we need to know where we're trying to go, right? If we don't know where we're trying to go, then our behaviors aren't going to align with anything. Mm-hmm. And we're just going to end up feeling like, you know, we're running in circles. Yeah. When I made the list and I look at it, for me, it was easy to connect the dots to do kind of a matching game with like, oh, that links up with this and this. I think the harder, for me, the harder thing would be if I wasn't sure, if I wasn't currently on a path, would be now how do I turn that into one clear message of a path um, that would make sense moving forward? And and I think that would be even harder because, you know, if you say, well, I'm good at playing guitar, I like music, boom, connection, music, playing, something of that nature. But then... I think the hardest part would then be now, what do I do with that? And I think you have more experience. You brought this up. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have more experience doing this. Well, think of it this way. The, the, things, the things on either side, if you have, let's say there's one thing on the left side that r- keeps getting, or, or let me rephrase that. So you're drawing from drawing a line from the left side to the right. So let's say you, on the left side, you really, really, really are good at working out. Okay. You're also really, really good with people, mm-hmm. right? And you really, really, really like... Um, really? Yeah, really. I don't know. I'm, I'm thinking of something that, that, would, that would fit into this sort of a, a little bit on the well, side. Well, you're being outdoors. Okay. Being outdoors. Okay, okay. Okay. So this is all... Because then I you're would. starting to paint a clearer picture. So maybe you would start... May, it might well, no, be... No, no. On the um, r- on the right side, it okay. says you're maybe you've never done this before, but you're interested in teaching. Right. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, out of those three things, outdoors, being really good with people, and being really good at fitness, two of those things d- directly relate to teaching. Right. 
Okay, you have to be really good with people and enjoy people. Right. I think to be a very effective teacher. And if you're really, really good at fitness and it's something you know a lot about and you're super interested in, that's something you could teach. So my point is... And you could teach it outdoors. The, and, and let's say maybe... The, well, yes, but my point is the outdoors thing doesn't really relate as much. Okay. So the thing, the two things that connect to the one piece on the right, the two, right. The two talents that connect to the one interest mean that maybe there's something there. The more talents you have that can connect to one interest should be eye-opening for you. That's my point. You can draw tons of lines, but certain interests are going to have more of your talents connected to it than others. And you need to pick the interest that has the most of your talents behind it. That's my point. That's how you figure out what is going to be in the center or what is going to be the next step. That's my point. Now, what does someone do if they only have maybe one thing they're good at and a few, two, three things that they're really interested in, or they have nothing on one side and a couple on the other, then what do you do? I think that that is a cop-out, honestly. I, I think agree. that's okay. impossible. Okay. But, I think but I think there, there will be people that might say, well, I don't know. I'm not really good at well, anything. Then, then that's so a maybe great, you that's ask a, great point. a friend. But, well, a I think friend. that's great. Yeah. Ask the people that – ask a friend. Um, ask Those you really a teacher. Trust? Ask a teacher. Ask mm-hmm. – yeah, anybody you trust. But also ask yourself. I mean, look, you can – the whole point of this is to be as – real with yourself as possible. A lot of times you say that I don't I don't have a talent or I'm not good at this when it comes to other people because maybe you want to be modest or you're shy or you don't want to be outspoken in that way or you don't like how somebody else is that way. Or so there's just a lack of it. self-confidence. Right. Or there's a this lack is of where you peacock this and is where you, right. I, and so I think it's bullshit if if you're sitting there and you're saying I'm not good at anything because I guarantee you there's at least I mean I, I don't want to say a number because I don't have the statistics but it's definitely more than one two three things that you're good at. I and, bet you you're good at making a peanut butter and fucking jelly sandwich. And I think part of it is kind of widening the lens and not only focusing on things that your parents or teachers or the culture has deemed like valuable skills, right? Or interests. It can be so many things though. Like I'm maybe you're really good at cleaning up a room. Mm-hmm. Okay. Maybe you're really, really good at vacuuming. It doesn't matter. Just start practicing getting the things out that, that you're good at on paper. And I promise you more will come. The more you practice thinking about this, the more you'll figure it out. And, and that's the other thing. This isn't an exercise that needs to be done or is required to be done in any time limit. Now, I don't think it should draw out forever, but I think, you know, if you're having a hard time, take a step away and really think about it for a day. Maybe go, th- make a day for yourself to do whatever you love to do. And maybe some, some people would be like, well, I want to play video games. Cool. Are you good at video games? Awesome. Then ask yourself the question, what kind of video games am I really good at? Okay, what skills does that require? I guarantee you can find things you're good at if you ask enough questions and go deeper with the, with the overarching interests that you have. You know what I mean? Absolutely. So, that, so let, let's dig into this. Let's dig into this. Let's do it. So, and I think for the three of us, since we you're all... You're writing a lot. I wrote, wrote like, I, wrote, list? I wrote like five more things, yeah. So I think for the three well, of us... Because, uh, not to cut you off, but I, I felt like once this was directed a little bit of a different narrative than maybe what I had expected from before or what I interpreted rather before, yeah. it opened a few more doors and I said, fuck it, I'm going to write a couple more things down. Okay. Sorry, I was just cracking my back for those that are watching. 
which is, you know, both a talent and an interest of yours. Matt is really, really, really good at being a chiropractor to himself. When he comes over to train, I say, how are you feeling? You want to do this? You want to get warm? He's like, oh, no, I'm already good. Wait, hold on. And then, boom, it's... And, like, he comes back, drum roll later. Okay, I'm good. Let's go. I once went to a chiropractor who said that I don't need to be there because I can adjust myself. So... Because I was showing him how, like, I crack my neck certain ways and stuff. He was like, damn. It's like, duh. You don't need to be here. You can do it yourself. Go home. Just crack your own neck. <laughs> <laughs> Get out. All right. So, yeah, let's dig in. So, okay. Do you want, because you started this, you want to tell us? Sure. Uh, mine doesn't my, work better on that end. Well, mine's a little interesting. My, mine's a little interesting because. <laughs> Pull out your piece of paper. So, I, I very much so expected my list to be very similar to what this was before because I've done this a couple times. Right. And I, I'm always asking myself, what am I getting myself into? <laughs> because I'm just, I'm into a lot of things. So I really knew what this list was going to be like. I, I, I knew what my, I know my talents and I know what I'm good at. The cool thing was with that, I've developed new skills over the years. And a lot of the skills that I noticed that I developed were very personal things. Things like more self-awareness. Things like being able to deal with what we were just talking about, which is when I have an emergency pop up, how to handle it by taking the 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 calm approach instead of just freaking out. Right? Those are all things that I had on my list of um, talents, you know, or 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 I should say, just things I'm getting good at, you know. Um, and then I one of the big things that was on that list was I've gotten better at saying no to things. Mm -hmm. That was something that was, that was a little bit surprising that I wrote down. But again, as I thought about this, these were things that I have been focused on and practicing and I've gotten better at. So I wrote that down. And then... Just a bookmark. I think there's a whole conversation we can have about when we're building any sort of thing, the, the, the journey of saying yes to everything and then eventually saying no to a lot of stuff. Sure. It's very important to say no to certain things. And that's what I've realized. And on the interest side, you know, I'm very much interested in the same things I always am. It's like food, dogs, music, drums, uh, business, uh, creating relationships with people, networking in ways that is, are, are great for everybody involved. There's a lot of things that I enjoy doing. And a lot of those things are the things that I do every day. And that was really cool. Whereas the first time I did this, all the things I was I was really good at, I was doing some of those things. Whereas now, all the things that I'm really interested in are the things that I'm doing, mm -hmm. which is really cool. But what really was apparent to me in my exercise was that in some ways I'm doing too much and I needed to be able to put the newfound talent of saying no to work on a couple of the things that I'm already into. Right. And I've, I know that. So I actually took action in some ways where I've stepped back a, a good bit in some of the things that I've been doing. I've made some personal decisions that I'm not necessarily ready to share yet, but some personal decisions about some of the endeavors that I've, that I've been a part of that I'm going to be sort of stepping back from. But it's so I can focus more on the things that I'm, the most excited about and the most passionate about and that allow me to use the, the, the majority of the talents that I have 
so that I can be the most effective and then can see the, the best results and be the happiest. So to boil that down, to round that out, the thing for me that I've been um, really excited about since I did this exercise was really making Get Good Drums, you know, the GGD project into more than just a project and more than just a product. Between myself and my partners, we all have our own skills and we all kind of feel the same way that it's, it's time to really um, piss or get off the pot and, and, and become a real company and really do what we all want to do with it. And I think all of our passions and all of our interests really lie within the possibilities that, that are sort of part of the foundation that could be this great thing with GGD. And that's what I'm really going to focus on a lot more of on the next year of my life. I mean, Which it's is awesome. Be and I think a key takeaway of your story, Matt, <clears throat> is that you took some time to go inward. You took some time to reflect and kind of sit with yourself and put thought to paper and, and figure out what feels best for me right now. And since you're now, you have a lot more clarity of GGD is a higher priority than maybe it has been in the past or maybe other things where they had equal priority, other things need to take a back seat in my life now. Now that you've made it very clear for yourself that GGD is something you want to put energy into, that's now going to be... Um, it'll be easier to predict your future behaviors because that's going to align with your goal of making GGD a business and a brand. Sure. And just to, to, to add on to that and, and wrap my part up, I also see it as a great way to grow and develop more skills because I also know there's a lot of things that I'm going, that I'm going to need to do uh, in order to, to help push the needle for GGD, and some of those things I'm not as good at as I am at the other things. You know what I mean? Right. But and, and the good thing is I have partners who are great at those things, but I still am going to need to be more involved and more knowledgeable and, and develop some more skills. And that's another big part of the excitement. Because who wants to not, like, who, who doesn't want to be challenged in some way, I guess? Or, but I think one of your interests, if, or strengths, it absolutely or skills, is. It is would learning. be just learning, of learning. course. Absolutely. I, that's why I, I love to read. That's why I love to talk to people and have conversations and teach and vice versa. You know, learning is, is super high on the list of things that I'm interested in. And I think that's what ties into this whole process. Hmm. I mean, from a very high level, even it's like I'm interested in learning more about myself so I can learn more about the things that I like to do so I can learn more about the things that I like to do in a way that makes it better and makes me more successful and happy and so forth you know so that's what I sort of was able to deduce from this whole process the stuff that you are going to shift away from mm -hmm. and put less time into now to focus more on GGD and other projects has the interest on the interest side has that changed or are you still working on uh, a, uh, something, maybe the same interest, but as on a different project? No, I, I mean, or well, look, I think over, over time, interests do change. I, and to be clear, with the things that I am taking a step back from, there are things that I'm still very passionate about that I'll always be passionate about. Um, but there are things that don't necessarily require as much attention as I've been giving it. Right. And I can afford to step back a bit. I can afford to sort of, you know, in some in some instances even cut some things out completely. But yeah, I mean, I, I my involvement isn't as necessary in certain things. And and 
Does that as have someone who as someone who likes to be in control, as right. someone who likes who, who's very strong minded and yeah. has an opinion and wants to steer the ship, that's a hard thing to do. It's hard. It's hard to let go. It's hard to to take a step back and put other people in place. But that's another thing that I've been working on, and I'm I'm okay with that for sure. I'm okay with letting other people drive the ship. Yeah, you you've probably you know? grown the business enough that you feel like, okay, it doesn't need as much nurturing now, but you've got other things that are in its infancy that really need your attention to make sure that it grows properly. Sure. And that's another good skill to have, is just knowing when to put energy into other things. And to be clear, this whole uh, exercise we're doing, it doesn't always have to be connected to business. And it's right, not. making money. It's, it's more about right. getting clear about how we want to live our lives and spend our time. For sure. And I was going to clarify that. I, I, well, I kind of wasn't going to waste the time saying it, but some of the things I'm talking about aren't even business related. They're just other things in my life that I can afford to cut out. It's other things in my life that I can afford to sort of take a step back from and just not be as heavily uh, conscious of or think about as much. Makes sense. So it, it, it's, it's very act- actionable items like that I'm working on physically yep. with business, and then it's things that are more mental too. But it was a really good experience to go through this process again. It wasn't very shocking for me, but good nonetheless. Cool, man. For sure. Good. So wait, neither of you guys have actually connected the dots, though, or no. put things in the center. Not, not entirely, but I'm, I'm, I started to see patterns. And I think for me, you know, all three of us, we have a good idea of the goals that we're, you know, working towards. So I don't think a lot of the core of our stuff was necessarily a surprise to either of us. Um, but I think at least for me, I was able to make a bit more connections and realize, hey, I can still go towards the same goal, but maybe uh, include some things that I like along the way. I think okay. for me that was, so to go through mine, as far as, strengths, talents, whatever, uh, I think social skills. So, I mean, for instance, just whether it's music um, and just demonstrating social skills through music, but also just interacting with people. But for me, in what I do for a living, uh, why I say music for social skills, a lot of what I do as a musician is supporting others, right? So that's one way that I kind of live that out. Uh, communication. So I love public speaking. Right, I, I share publicly with all kinds of different groups of people. Um, and also writing. And I don't write as much as I have in the past few years. I used to have more stuff published. But I know it's a skill that I'm good at. I feel competent in. And not only just writing about personal stuff, but also just copy. Uh, creative directing, I really, really like. I've never been good technically with uh, whether that's editing on a computer or even being able to do graphic design. But as far as sitting with friends or people I've hired, I really like the process of creative directing and direction with that. Uh, And kind of similar, just managing people and projects. So whether that was taking a managerial role in a band or stuff like that, to me that's fun, kind of seeing big picture of how different parts fit to get to the same goal. Uh, teaching, obviously, I teach in many different ways with many different people. Patience and empathy, I think that's something that's come a bit more natural for me relative to other people. Uh, facilitating groups, 
that's when I feel like I'm in a comfort zone when I have a group of people and I'm in charge to facilitate an experience. Uh, a couple more, just performing, right, which is different from facilitating people. Performing is more, uh, more it's you in service of them. Uh, maintaining friendships and network relationships. So I think this is, goes back to that, this isn't just for business, right? So I've noticed that in friendships, especially with guys, as we get older and we start getting into more, whether, you know, romantic relationships that get more serious or even just advancing careers, uh, it's hard because it takes time to maintain friendships, right? It takes effort to call or to stay in touch and to make plans. And for me, I've noticed that it's just been more natural for me to be able to do that and keep in touch. Uh, and finally, empowering others. So that's the list of strengths. As far as interests, just to run through. Can I show a question? Please. Um, so as guys, it's harder to maintain those relationships when you get into a relationship, right? Um, and we've seen it growing up. Jordan and I are brothers. And we've seen that uh, it was mostly on our mom's side who had all the friends and our dad just kind of went along with the ride. Oh, we're going out with such and such. So then he was going to be hanging out with whoever the husband was, right? Now, when you were in a relationship, a very heavily committed relationship, you've been dating someone, someone now for a year, year and a half, what were your experiences then uh, with your guy friends changing to now? What, what, are, what will you do moving forward, maybe differently from what you've done in the past? having clear boundaries of what I want and, and better communication about that, right? So it, it comes down to what's important to me, and that's part of this exercise. So, of course, friendships are that. So it's a matter of making time for everything but being clear on what everything is for you. And now, would you try to have a guy's night or you would hang out with certain guys' uh, friends outside of your relationship, or would you try to just make it uh, an inclusive thing, like, hey come hang out with us or try to get whoever you're dating to be friends with them as well. I think there's room for all of that. Right. There's room for all of that. Um, but I, going back to our parents, like our mom has modeled what it's like to stay in touch with friends for decades. And that's something that to me was really attractive. Right. So for instance, I threw a party over winter break, knowing that people who live out of country and different States would be home that, you know, that, that same week. And some of the people at that party hadn't seen each other in almost 10 years, right? So, but I know for me, I've kept in touch with all of those people because I've made it a priority to do so. That's important to me. Maybe not to the, to the extent of, there probably were some of those people you hadn't seen in a pretty long time, right? Maybe not seen in person, but I've kept but in touch with And sometimes right? it's different for every friendship. Right. So whether it's, you know, emailing each other once every six months. But the idea is keeping and maintaining some sort of relationship. Sure. Um, so to go into the interests, music, live music, going to concerts, recorded music, so the production and listening to that. Pro wrestling. I really like event production, which is part of what made me excited, you know, being in bands because booking shows and putting on shows, it's the event production of that. Uh, I really like being around conferences and retreats, and it kind of ties into the concerts and, and even going to pro wrestling shows. It's the community, the people. Uh, 
I'm really into contemporary art. I, I'm interested in self-improvement. I love marketing. Uh, I read a lot just about social and cultural commentary. I'm really interested in that. Obviously, drums and drumming, psychology. I really like video production and meditation, as we talked earlier. So that was just kind of me trying to have a brain dump of here's a dozen things that I'm actively engaged in or thinking about throughout my day. Um, but let me, let me ask you, I mean, do you guys see any natural connections here? I know through Beatwell, there's a lot of these things that tie together. Can I see your list? Yeah. And I can show you, so if I can see your list, I can show you how, how I would go through this myself. And I mean, if you're watching on the Facebook group, you can kind of see. Can I film this? Um, yeah, you can totally film this. So it's pretty, it's pretty straightforward. So the first thing I would do is I would say, okay, on, on the left, there's the strength of social skills. So I would apply my social skills to live music. I draw an hour to that. All right, then it says recorded music. Yeah, it does take social skills, but that doesn't really jump out at me. Um, pro wrestling doesn't necessarily jump out at me personally for social skills. Event production, absolutely. So I would draw an hour to that. Conferences and retreats, absolutely. That takes social skills. If you're going to a conference or you're going to a business retreat, you really are probably around a group of people, whether small or large. Um, contemporary art is not necessarily self-improvement. Is not something that that it does require social skills. So, but it also is personal. So it, it's it's up to you right. if you want to draw that arrow. But you could um, marketing. I think marketing is another one that previously requires social skills, but a lot of people spend their time marketing, not even talking to anybody else. So right. that's, again, that's up to you. Um, social and cultural cultural commentary. I think if you're going to be a very good commentator on something like that, you want to be social. You want to talk to different, sorry, you want to talk to different groups of people, different kinds of people. So I draw that line. Uh, drums and drumming. Um, Probably not necessarily in, in the traditional sense because it's something you're doing by yourself unless you're trying to facilitate a group of people drumming together. Psychology, absolutely it requires social skills, I think, because, again, the best way to really understand the things you may learn when reading about psychology is to interact with different people and understand their personalities and how their psyches work and things like that. So, yeah, that takes social skills. Um... Video production, maybe not. Meditation, no. So I don't want to go down this whole list because sure. it'll take forever. But as you can see right here, there's a lot of interests on this side that require really good social skills. And I think the point of this is that, and as you get down the list, you'll see how more and more things connect. But I think you can absolutely see that there's a lot of stuff here that you're good at that you could even apply one of your strengths to and be probably pretty happy working in any of those fields. Mm -hmm. So if you know you're social and you look at this list and the thing that jumps out at you more than anything is, uh, I don't know, let's say it's psychology. Let's say that's what jumps out at you. That's, what, that's your biggest interest out of the things that, that social skills point to. Then at least you know already kind of how you want to position what you're focusing on in psychology. It's not the research part where you're studying constantly. It's the part where you're more involved with people, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. With social interaction. Right. So that's how this list can help you, right? And you can you can hopefully see that you can get so much more in depth with this. Right. You know? I think it depends where you are on the journey of how you interpret this, right? So 
with Jordan, I know that he's trying to figure out a way to do more with Beatwell. He wants to share more, do more gigs, whatever it may be. And I think you can take a direct narrative to the paper and say, well, what am I currently interested in? And what am I really good at? How do I start doing more of that if I'm not already doing that or more of it, mm-hmm. right? And I think that makes it a, a, a much easier um, tool for navigation. You have a clear mindset and a vision of what you're looking to achieve. So now I can connect the dots. Then I can make, I can make an actual plan, set, define it, set yes. it, put it into motion, and try to knock it down, right? Yes. Or is there more to well, it? Well, I, I still think that's putting the cart before the horse a little bit. Okay. I really do. Because the whole point, you're talking about Jordan here. Who right. knows what he likes. He knows his goals. Well, that's so what I'm saying. Forth. It really depends on the person. Because well, if you but, don't know... Well, but a, that's that's what I was going to say. A lot of people don't know, and that's why you do this exercise first, right? In right. order to develop the goals and to to really look at this. When you put it on paper and it's not just in your head, it's glaring back at you, right? It's and sometimes it can become so obvious, very literally. If you have a strength or an interest that keeps tying to the same skill and there's this one skill or one interest that just has every arrow pointing to it, that's literally telling you it's what to do. screaming at you. Yeah, exactly. Right. Jumping and, off the page. And honestly, right. this is a lot right. of stuff that maybe to some seem like in their own silos, but I see a lot of beat well in this list, right? And, and even just doing this exercise, which only took a few minutes, one of the things that really helped me is just writing. So again, I used to write a lot more often, and initially when I started Beatwell, it was really my published writing that you know, introduced me to a whole network and got me a lot of paid gigs. And I've realized that more recently I haven't been doing as much of that. And just this exercise, getting it on paper, I was able to see it clearly. Hey, this is something that I have talent in, and, and I could think, hey, it's also worked in the past. Maybe I should put a little bit more focus into communicating my ideas with the world through writing. So in one, in one way, that's, I'm, I leave with more value in mm-hmm. doing this exercise. I think even the conversations we've been having more recently with Matt and I, we were helping Jordan um, with certain social media posts and posting more of what you're doing. And that could easily tie into writing. You could take an approach of, hey, I want to write, but maybe it's daunting to write want to go write articles and try to find someone who will publish them so that you have a medium for this writing, right? But you already do. You have platforms. You have Twitter, and you have Instagram, and you have Facebook. Of course. You could easily, with every post you put out, make a conscious decision. I'm going to write one paragraph, two paragraphs, three paragraphs, something simple. And maybe you would put one of those paragraphs, depending on how it's written, for each of those three posts. Maybe you just post the same thing on all three, which would be easy for you to kind of dip your toes in the water while you're figuring out what you want to do with these things. But using that platform... And they're there, and it's so easy. And that could get you to use the two things that you have maybe uh, that you're looking for. Absolutely, I agree. And I think yeah. two key takeaways from that uh, to get the most value of it is one being very clear when you're using these platforms what you want to communicate to the world, which you know is it de- you know dependent on what your goal is, and also two having a plan, right? So instead of just saying I want to write more. Well, I'm going to, whatever it is, write a blog post once a week that's published every Tuesday morning. And I think the clearer that we can get and the more measurable 
we can make our goals, then we're going to be, you know, we're going to have a vision for what we need to do. And I think what we've talked about, you know, in an earlier conversation between us was the difference between, uh, you know, deadlines and procrastination. So I think that if we have something measurable for us, it's a lot easier to hold ourselves to that. It's funny, you know how we talked about Kevin Gorin yeah. at the end of the last time? I remember when Kevin first started making videos of himself drumming. He set this goal of like doing like 30 videos in 30 days. Ooh, and That's daunting. And, and it seemed like a great idea, but he quickly learned how hard it can be to shoot just one good video. Right. And we ended up, I ended up working with him to bring it back from 30 down to four videos in 30 days mm-hmm. one a week so you had a whole week to spend on planning the video r- performing it recording it and he would he would record videos over and over and he would send I was ready videos. for you to tell me that well he waited till Sunday when he needed to post it and then he scrambled no in, he, the, see, in the last hour to get it done you know what that's I, I gotta commend him again that's one thing he's not he's not a procrastinator good for him he's more of uh, of uh, uh, in some ways in a good way neurotic about getting shit done right away but no, he would he would record right away. He would make the video, then he would send it to me and maybe a couple other friends, maybe send it to you, and he would say, hey, what do you think of this? And he would take the criticism and he would change it. He realized that he couldn't do that day after day after day after day, 30 days in a row. Right. Now that he's gotten, he went through that process and got really good at it, I don't think he's done 30, I don't think he's stated that he's doing 30 videos in 30 days, but he posts a lot of videos. Mm-hmm. And what's cool is that he's, I think he cares less about certain things that he used to obsess about, and he's gotten better at making the videos better, mm-hmm. which, again, is through practice. But point is, you said set goals. Every other, every other Tuesday, post something. I think that's a really realistic goal is to say twice a month, I'm going to write a blog post, or twice a month, I'm going to you know, record a video and put it out there. That's good to start with, but a lot of people try to you know, go for the gold right away. They try to run before they can walk and it only ends up discouraging them. So it's better to start with one or two than it is five to 10 to 20 and so forth. Well, that's why know? I think it's good to have good friends or a spouse or parents or someone you feel like, hey, I can go to and I can tell them something and they can give me some real honest feedback. Like, hey, 30 videos, and we know what it's like nowadays for us to make a video, it's relatively easy, but still to get 30 posts out and feel like you're at, you're adding value to your content, right? Not just posting videos to post it. And it depends what kind of thing you're creating. It really does, yeah. And I think with what Jordan is doing specifically, this is for an isolated what he's doing, I think it takes more time and a little more curating, a little more copy editing to make sure that he's conveying the right message, especially because he might know it in his head, but I think he's, he, Jordan is still figuring out um, what his voice is on certain platforms and how he wants to present himself with Beatwell. And so for someone who's maybe like in Kevin's spot, or I feel like it took me three months ago when I learned how easy it was to use iMovie to edit some movies. Now I feel like I'm progressing. Am I doing it as often as I would like to? No, but I think having this conversation leads me to the conclusion of it's that easy. I have so much content I haven't posted. I'm going to post one a day, and I know that will lead to these other goals that I may have. And that's great. If you if you feel confident there, then absolutely do it. And you do have enough content to be able to do that. For, for sure. sure. And I it's, know you it's, do. It's not what 
I think Kevin's videos, I'm imagining he's actually recording drums. They were a combination of lessons. It was performing cover songs. It was solos. I mean, it was just a series of different videos that would show the different sides of him. It's much harder than what I'm talking about, where I hold a camera and shoot the people that I'm training, and I edit in two seconds and post it. Absolutely. Much different. That being said, you you, you touched on something that, that is very important, and it ties into the fact that we do have a... a a community on Facebook, that we have a group on Facebook. Right. A lot of people don't have someone to bounce something off of. That's the perfect reason to use this group. I was thinking about that as well. If you have a video you want to put out, if you wrote a blog post, if there's a anything that you want to put out there publicly that you're not sure about or that you want to practice doing, feel free to post it in this group. One of us will look at it, or right. all of us, and if not us, there's going to be other people in this group that are willing to be a part of the community, that are willing to, to share in the conversation, that are willing to, to answer your questions, ask questions, give constructive criticism. I want to make sure in saying this that we establish a culture that is extremely supportive, yep. that's very honest but very respectful. Uh, and maybe if initially you don't feel so comfortable posting it on the wall for everyone to see, just message us. I, yeah, we'll, you we'll can get but, back but, to you, but, and but maybe you can still some confidence but, for but, it. But you know, I don't want to even encourage that. Right. I want to encourage people to get out of their shells. I like that so. Too. So I think it's very good for you to share it with a, a a safe group of people in a safe place. One thing I do want to say, and I don't want to be, I don't mean to be like the the band hammer or anything like that, but you're getting banned if you if you start hating on people. But no, I mean, it, look, if, if I think there's always a really good way to say something, and I think you need to you need to think about that in this group because we want to create a culture of of safety of feeling comfortable and and doing things that are uncomfortable in a place where you know it's going to be received in a way that that's not going to be uh harsh or mean or um anything negative. or judgmental or judgmental, judgmental. But, exactly. but you have to still be aware that that constructive criticism has its place right so if you post something and somebody says something maybe constructive try not to um and it depends on the person how they how they interpret right um, how they receive the communication. So, so try to take things sometimes with a grain of salt. That hey, maybe they're looking out for my best interest, well, which is very different from just being like an internet troll and trying to hate on someone. We've talked about this we, uh, already. We've talked about constructive criticism and communication and learning how to share. I think there's a contract you enter into when you post something in this group. Sure, you have decided that you're okay with constructive criticism. I think that's something that you need to be okay with. But again. The constructive criticism can be delivered in a way that is very honest, but also very respectful. And, and that's uplifting. the key. That's yeah, the key. Uplifting. Sure. Su- right. With suggestions, with uh, things that can help you even get, get, get better going forward. But anyway, we should use this group for those kinds of things. Absolutely. And I hope that people do. I hope people ask us questions about this and share what they want to do. And you know what? It'd be awesome if you guys... Make a list and post them. Take a picture of it and post it and tell a story. What did you figure out? What did you learn from it? Or if you're not sure, one of us or somebody will for sure go on and try to help you start connecting the dots and seeing the bigger picture. Yeah. We're more than happy to help with that. That's the goal of the community itself. Absolutely. So with that in mind, let's do that for you, Justin. Okay. So I did this relatively quick. um, and, And it was great that I... Maybe wasn't exactly sure of what the uh, what the guideline was initially, but then in hearing Matt say certain things now, 
and Jordan just said a couple things that I was jotting down some more notes. So I'll quickly go through it. I won't actually uh, analyze or explain. Um, talking to others, this is on the strength side, talking to others, uh, making others feel comfortable, hustling and selling, coaching and instructing, playing bass, playing Jeopardy, uh, holding conversations uh, with others in, I wrote this kind of haphazardly, but um, with content or the subject that they love, not necessarily bringing up what I'm into, right? Um, knowing my role in a group setting, cooking, managing, su supporting those I love, loving those I love, uh, loving my fiance uh, in the way that actually works for her, which is very different from loving someone the way that you want to be loved, and knowing the difference, communicating with her and with others in relationships that I, I'm having, um, having a great relationship, uh, expressing what I'm, I'm into, speaking my mind, saying no, which is a very new thing that I'm, I've learned recently with you guys, uh, making time, and I had performing was another recent one because Jordan had said it. I had not even thought about that, but I went into that. Um, so these are, these are the things you're good at, you're saying? These are the things I was good at. Okay. And it was a, it was a long list, and I, you know, I threw some goofy things out there. Um, yeah, I was just making this. Yeah, I wasn't trying to think too much into it, just writing it down. And then on the things that I'm interested in, which there were easily things that I forgot about. So it, it may take you two, three, four, five times of writing it down, thinking and coming back to this at another point and realizing like, oh, I forgot something like freaking coffee. I love coffee, right? Mm -hmm. So on the other side, I put uh, training, nutrition, cooking, health and wellness, music, fashion, mixed martial arts, boxing, professional wrestling, feeling great, helping others feel great, um, not worrying, coffee, certain aesthetics. When it comes to, like Jordan was talking about set design, I used to love um, the aesthetic of, of a band, the way they looked, like, you know, hoping they looked like they actually hang out with one another. Mm -hmm. um, and then the aesthetics of the actual stage setup, finding mm -hmm. balance and cohesiveness. Um, and podcasts, certain podcasts. So that's, it, it's really cool that some of the things specifically on the bottom of your list of the things that you're interested in are there. Yeah. Because... I, what's cool about this is I, I don't want to focus on the obvious, right? Because you know what you're doing. You know what you're driven towards. You you have a career that you're building right now, right? Right. But I did write at the top, I wrote music. Jordan and I played in bands for years. You and I played in a band together growing up. Um, I realized, though, something that I've taken or I've put in, uh, I've, I put in the backseat, kind of like where you've shifted your interest towards other things. I've done that as well recently in putting more time into um, businesses and opportunities like the podcast that have come up. And this is some of these are very, very, very recent opportunities. And something I've put on the back burner and the extreme back burner is playing music, although I've been playing music with myself. Um, jamming to records that I like, figuring out some new bass lines. Um, I haven't really been, and, and I do have a business where I buy and sell vintage and high-end, mostly bass guitar gear, because that's what I love. Um, and I have an extreme passion towards stuff from the 60s and 70s. I haven't been doing as much of that, and there's reasons for that. Um, and I haven't really taken the time or thought about putting energy into performing and playing live. And it's that's funny. I don't. I don't even like when I think about you now. I don't think about music as much at all, which neither, is true. Neither do I. I. Although, although 
I did think that I could connect some of these things together. If I wanted to do like, because I have music at the top, That's great. I could yeah. make a triangle to that, right? From strengths and things that I'm interested in by curating music playlists more for the workouts that I'm doing. Right. That's a great idea. Yeah. And that could be an easy way to put it together, right? And, you know, just to, to go down that rabbit hole further. Yeah, please. There are, Do you want the list? No. Well, yes, but but specifically with what you're talking about, like yeah, yeah. curating playlists for working out. That's right. such an awesome thing. Like, you could build from that. You could make that into a job or a big hobby if you wanted to right. by creating Spotify playlists that are really focused on working out and sharing it with people and sending it to me or sending it to other friends and say, hey, do me a favor, play this playlist. Let me know what you think about it. If you like it, share it too. Well, I think it could, could be more play the playlist coupled with here's the workout. So at these key absolutely. points, you'll be hitting what at least what my interpretation of the music you is. You know, there's conveying. this thing that we started working on called 4-6. There is. We could totally build this into that. Well, we could. I actually really enjoy, initially when we shot it, right, it, there was no music. And it felt like it was definitely, it needed, it was about 10 minutes long. It needed something to carry when mm -hmm. there, was, there was this open space, no communication. Yep. It was great. We put some periphery music under it. And for me, specifically, because I work out to heavier music, periphery being one of those bands that I listen to when I'm working out, it was easy for me to get into this. Now, I know that this is not, that would that wouldn't be for everyone. And I think we could actually go through even uh, I just think it'd be GGD. cool for you to make playlists for working out. I think that'd be awesome. I think it'd be right. great to have even people that are in this group make playlists for different things. Maybe because we, we post something and you because put the music to in it. in all seriousness, music is something that we can make a part of everything we do. And I think it's, I think the listeners in this of this podcast are going to probably start as people that know me or know us through music. So let's keep that theme going right. for sure. We should have let the intro of the podcast before, as we were setting up today and we we're trying to get it going, Matt puts on a metronome. He starts playing the table. Jordan is playing uh, the djembe back here. And Matt, you were singing or rapping or something. I, was just, I came it, up with a melody. It's almost like we, sh we should have just started the stream earlier. Yeah, we, we can do that separately. I think what's interesting and we've talked a lot about just being flexible in all types of things. So oh, even in this, even yeah, in yeah, this yeah. exercise right here that Justin did, yeah, the exercise intended was two, you know, two columns of strengths and interests. But Justin, for whatever reason, he wrote music on top, and it kind of connected. And I think maybe one of the biggest takeaways for you is that music, being a musician, like that's a core part of your being and your aliveness. And maybe this is helping you realize, how can I own that more? I actually posted a video on my Instagram, which if you look at my Instagram, it's it's all weightlifting currently. What is your Instagram so people can look at it? Uh, Justin Blake Goodman. Okay. Like yeah. J-U-S-T-I-N-B-L-A-K-E-G-O-O-D-M-A-N? You got it. Okay. Yes, sir. Um, I actually posted, I think the last post that I did was me playing bass. Um, I didn't even know I was being filmed. And I did a couple of things subconsciously because you spend so many years honing a craft. It's been 20 years, 21 years now. And oftentimes muscle memory kicks in and you don't even realize what you're doing because it's subconscious. And when I watched back the footage that was captured, I was shocked myself. I was like, oh, fuck, yeah, that groove is cool. You know, and not in like this whatever kind of, I was just like, I was really excited about what I had done. And I posted it and it felt 
a little weird. It was out of the norm. It's not usually what I use my social platform for. And I got really good feedback, and it felt really good. Now, the problem currently for me would be that I'm so busy that I don't really have that much time to put the investment in maybe to be in a band, um, playing shows, which I think ultimately would be something I would want to get back to. I know for me, you know, the we were in a band together, but it had been about four years, and I recently joined a band this past summer, so I hadn't... Who, what band is that? Reindeer, R-A-I-N. Um, and it had been four years since I've performed, and I always kind of said to myself and other people that it really wasn't that big of a deal for me because I was playing music every day. But what I realized is that when I'm doing a Beatwell group um, or I'm giving a, a lesson, yeah, I'm on the drums or playing guitar, but it's always in service of someone else. And, and I realized to get back on a stage where I'm just performing for a group of people, within seconds of, of that first song on stage, it felt like I was home again. And I didn't realize how much I missed that and that there was this part of me that, that really needed to express my musicality in that way. And for me, it, it cleared up a lot of unknown just tension of feeling like something was missing in my life. Well, that's great. And I think, Justin, if, if you do have time joining a band or starting a side project musically is, a, musically is a great thing to do. But, and maybe this is where you were going with it, I don't know, I kind of think it is. Well, uh, <laughs> I know you like There's periphery. There's vacancy now. <laughs> no, oh, yeah. Yeah, we don't, yeah, there you go. The no, last time this happened, you hit me up, and I was like, oh, God, like, I'm not really Hey, man, you missed out. Um, but no, oh, well. seriously, <laughs> just because you're not performing in front of an audience, because not everybody can, doesn't mean you can't perform in front of a large group amount of people by you posting that video on your Instagram and getting the feedback you said it made you feel really good uh, granted it's not the same as playing a live show right but by recording yourself posting a video of your performance with the idea in mind that there is going to be an audience is something that you can do to sort of fulfill that need to a degree if you can't make time to do it live <laughs> Sorry, we're trying to communicate non-verbally of who's going Jordan next. and I, yeah. And Jordan we're in a tug of war currently. <laughs> we both threw the finger up and I pointed to me. Which is good that this is a passionate kind of thing that we've touched right. on for us. Continue. Matt, please finish. That was it. I just was suggesting We may not might... have any clue what you said. <laughs> I just think it, would, it could be a really cool secondary uh, opportunity for you right. if you can't perform live with a band to utilize your social media. You right. said that it felt weird for you to post a video of you playing because it was out of the norm of what you post. For my Instagram page, yeah, with but, what I'm trying to but, convey. But, but make it more of a part. You don't think it was weird for me to post things uh, like videos of me working out when, when my Instagram is pretty much all Drums. about drumming. Right. The thing that's been amazing is that the feedback on the fitness-based videos has been incredible and so much interaction and so much positivity it makes me want to do more and now i'm making an active effort to work that way more into my posting which you could do as well and i right. think it would fulfill some of that need so i actually can can talk on that point because i have a youtube page that i have that's i rarely use but i used to do bass gear demos all the time it's about to get blown up no it's wild you go on there and they're Oh, man. So when Matt started posting Instagram videos of us working out and I would read the comments, it's like, man, this is so inspiring. This is so uplifting. The community is so great. No one's talking shit. It was 
amazing. My experience with using a platform like that to post videos was like, oh, you get 24 likes and or thumbs up and you get 105 thumbs down and people just like the the and it was uh, and it was and you could tell there were people that would that would you know go to bat for me and be like dude fuck those people like they're just there's jealous always there's always those people but it was but it was why uh, not that it ever deterred me and and I would even comment like thanks I appreciate the comment or the feedback or like I'm sorry you feel that way or whatever it may be and I obviously don't take the time now two quick quick go quick 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 go things for it, one if you don't know about it go look up Mike Johnston's positive oh, post campaign. Oh, that, yeah, that's great. Okay. Yep. Which is a great video you can find on YouTube. Mm-hmm. Mike Johnston, he's a great drummer, a great instructor, um, but he did this video that's incredible. What is it? In Mike Johnston's what? Mike Johnston's positive post campaign. Positive post campaign. So the yeah. more we say it, the more people are going to go look And at we it. talked about reading uh, Tools of Titans, and there's a whole section in there where Tim talks about how to deal with online hecklers, basically. Right. So read that chapter as well. And I think you'll find some good good feedback some there. Yeah, there's some good stuff there. And I think what also could be important is that, so we're talking about maybe it would be nice to perform in a band on stage. That's hard, right? Especially the older we get with the more responsibilities we have. It's harder to find the time and the people that are your age that are more like-minded and have similar goals. And, and I know for people listening, I'm sure there's a lot of musicians listening, for whatever reason, can't find a, a group of people to put together to play in a band. But I think maybe even just doing the Instagram posts more often, it kind of puts you in a frame of mind where you're allowing the musician within you uh, to be expressed. And the more you do that, I think you'll gain momentum internally. But also, it's going to expose you and your craft and your passion of playing bass to a lot more people, which could also bring more opportunities to perhaps perform. I agree with that. And I think that you're in a great position currently with the band that you're in also being really good at saying no. Shout out to them. They're in Florida right now on yeah, tour for the next yeah. two and a half weeks. Right? Yeah, Reindeer. It's great. And you guys just put out a great album. It's awesome. If you're a fan of like MGMT, it sounds... Can I see your sweet. list and real quick? Yeah, absolutely. Please. Um, yeah, a couple of things. So I think it's great. You're in a band and you're actually able to say this opportunity I'm into and that one I can't do because of other things that, that I'm responsible for. And that's fucking huge, right? I have so much respect for that. And it is super cool. They are on tour and when they get home, you'll play shows with them again. Mm-hmm. No problem. Um, something I think could connect music and Matt and I and maybe Jordan as well. Uh, none of us were ever really that big into the recording side of music. We were always more on the facilitating side, making the music and then making the show happen. Maybe we could use GGD we could learn how to use it properly. We could make some intro music, no matter you know how good or bad. And we can also open this up as a forum to those in the community. We need some intro music. It would be super cool. Uh, we can all try to make some music together. Cool. Sure. Right? What you doing Absolutely. there, man? Absolutely. I'm doing what I've wanted to do for... Uh, an hour and a half. For an hour and a half, <laughs> which is which is focus again on, on, on something else that that might not be the norm for you, right? Uh, which is coffee, and yeah, and and I'm doing this from yeah, the, from the perspective of somebody who's listening who may actually not know what they want to do and not have a, as clear of a vision of the direction as you do, but maybe they find that they have some some of the similar things that you have. Mm-hmm. Well, so you listed on your side of, uh, of things that you're interested in, you listed coffee, and then you have all your strengths. And I drew so many lines to coffee. 
Right. Right. And and there's so many things you could do. So you could source coffee for companies, right? You could become a barista. You could open a coffee shop. But he, here's the thing, and, and I'm thinking all of very this, time consuming again, yes, and I don't have that much time that, currently. We're not talking but, about you. We're not talking about right, you yeah, yeah, personally. We're yeah, talking hypothetical about, for someone. If you didn't know where okay, to go, right? And you had all the time in the world to figure this out. Right. You knew you wanted to work for yourself. You knew you wanted to figure out what to be to do to be happy. Coffee is something that screams out at me here with all the things you're good at. Because okay, talking to others. Well, to me, the best coffee shops I've ever been to are the ones that are the most social. And I want to tell you, I'll tell you guys about one in particular that I'm thinking of that keeps popping out in my head as I get through this. But let me get through this real quick. So talking to others, making others feel comfortable, hustling and selling, Mm -hmm. you need to do that. Mm -hmm. Um, Coaching and instructing, there's a ton of opportunity to offer classes for people if you like coffee, right? Jeopardy, talk about Jeopardy, do trivia night, right? We could just play Jeopardy. Just have Jeopardy on in the place. That's the thing. That's the theme, right? Jeopardy coffee. Come have your coffee so you can't sleep. Hold on, hold on. Let me get through this. So holding conversations with others, knowing your role in a group setting, I think is great because, you know, as let's say you're a barista and this group comes in, maybe usually you're pretty talkative, but if the group's doing their thing, you know when to back the fuck off, right? Anyway, cooking. There's things that would directly relate to a coffee shop there. Managing a business. Um, having great relationships with people to help spread the word or bring more people in or develop and, and maintain relationships, experience uh, explaining things or expressing things that you're into and learning Teaching how to... All of this comes... Yeah. A lot of the things on your list boil down to communication, which we all know, uh, or at least me and Jordan know firsthand that you're very good at communicating. But this this makes me think of this coffee shop that Nolly... Um, my bass player in Periphery actually took me to the, one of the last, well, the last couple times I was in Bath this with him. The, okay, okay. In the UK. In the UK. I, and I feel really bad because I can't recall the name of this coffee shop. But it was one, one of the most recent times I went there I'd never been to before. It was a newer place that popped up. Okay. And he was like, you're going to love this place. Mm-hmm. It's tiny. The dude who, the, the barista who owns it is a character. The coffee's incredible, but you just got to go there and, and see what it's about. So we walk in, and it's about the size of, like, the back of this area that we're in right now. The dude behind the counter has a bicycle hat on with, the, with you know. Visor the, flipped up. Yeah, visor flipped up. Yeah. Um, there's it's there's already people in there. There's already people in there sitting at the two tables that are there having really in-depth, fun, happy conversations with him on, like, a Tuesday morning. Right. He's going on and on about this. They're going on and on about that. The coffee's, as I said, incredible. And when it comes our time to take over one of the tables, he just starts talking to us casually. And we ended up in like an hour and a half conversation with this guy. I love that. Having multiple coffees, enjoying the whole vibe. And it's such a memorable experience that every time I go back there, I'm going to go be his customer. And I guarantee you there are a lot of people who walk in there and want to be the customer. Now... What was also cool about him that I witnessed was that he noticed when somebody maybe wasn't as social, and he wasn't as social, and he kind of read the room, and that was really cool. So the point is, to boil this down to the people listening, or even to you, if you didn't know what you wanted to do, and again, if you had all the time on your hands, there's so many things you could do with coffee as the the center. Yeah, truth be told, this is something where everywhere I've traveled, and unfortunately, I didn't get to experience what you experienced, but... Everywhere I traveled, I always made a point to ask people who is the best coffee, what's the best coffee shop, where can I get an espresso, whatever it may be, right? Story of our lives on tour. I know, right? And it was like, (laughs) and it mattered so much to me to find the best cafe. Like, where can I go? And 
in trying to figure out what I was doing, when I moved to LA and I wasn't sure what the hell I was doing there, I found that I found a place that I loved getting coffee, Intelligentsia. Mm-hmm. And I liked the culture and everything that had to do with it. I loved how they served it. It was all the aesthetics and everything that went into it. I applied for a job there and I got the phone call and I ended up not going. And that could be like a sliding doors thing. Like, you know, if I had taken that job, my whole life trajectory could be different. And maybe I would have came back to Baltimore and opened the coffee shop that, and and I used to, I used to take notes on my phone of, we would serve the food like this. We would have this. And, and I started to play whatever those things are when you make a project in, in school where you put a pin and then like a string that goes to all these different things that it sprouts to. Right. And it's kind of like this exercise. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And and that's what it's reminding me of. And I, as, I, as I start to say the coffee thing, I know that Carly and I have said one day we'll, we'll, we'll own a coffee shop. I've expressed this to friends before who were helping me along my journey when I wasn't sure what I wanted to do. Th- who They would say, how can I help you figure out set, define, and then execute whatever that goal may be. And a lot of times went back to a coffee shop. And it even makes me think of, we have friends who own a barbecue joint, Smoke. Mm -hmm. You love Smoke. Post pictures about their stuff all the time. Um, And they also curate their own music. Right. Yeah, they curate their own content. They make great music and like, great videos content using yeah. music. But that, those and are that's putting like all of these things yes. kind of in a nutshell and saying, "Hey, you can use one uh, one canvas and you can paint all the different colors." So, on it, which is really cool. Let's actually let, let's focus on that real quick. So, with smoke, the the main thing, like we just described, coffee being the main thing. The main thing right. is, is barbecue. Right. right, that's the main thing. But then yep. these guys that run it used a lot of the other skills. They're personable. They're good business managers. Musicians. They're musicians. They are witty. They can tell good stories. Like '80s pop culture. Yep. The '80s pop culture. Badass chefs. There's, there's just, there's, they're really putting their own unique spin on it and using their talents to bring people in the doors, and it's working. And and the authenticity is what I really respect about Smoke. Right. You know, in terms of the food and the people. Yep. But it's also and the, the culture. thing that I was res- created a culture. Yes, but around and, the food. Which and is and that's the, the thing that I most respect about anybody who's doing their own thing is the authenticity of it and the the combination of talents and skills and interests that make something very unique and and make you want to go there because you don't really experience anything like that anywhere else. It's it's the coffee shop, it's smoke, um, it's working out here with you instead of working out in a gym maybe. Right. You know, so there's 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 all of these little things that everybody has that they can use to to make themselves very attractive in lots of ways whether it's just a hobby or a business, but you can have people come back if you're real, I think, and you're authentic. And you really could find a way. I really could find a way if I wanted to put more effort into let's say, yeah, I'm I'm in school to be a dietitian. I could open a cafe inside of a small niche gym that had all of the training tools that I enjoyed and it would have the right music and it would have the coffee shop, you know, all these things in one. And it's crazy that we're talking about coffee because I've been racking my brain trying to find the right coffee maker, right, that looks cool in the kitchen that we're currently designing. Yeah, you were showing me one earlier. Yeah. Right, I've been playing, looking at this one, Spin, S-P-I-N-N. It's super cool looking and it does everything I would want. It's like having my I'll, own um, barista I'll, at home. I'll ask my friends at Vigilante Coffee all about it. Yeah, ask them if they know anything about it. And shout out to the Flatline Brew that I still haven't tried. Shout out to Vigilante Coffee. Yeah. I just bought some of their coffee the other day, actually. So I've got this coffee mug. 
So can you please, uh, you know, that I spent $20 on in the web store, go buy one. There's two colors, it's cream and red. They're awesome. Um, and I, I think we've talked about this before, but I guess next podcast. Please. We'll get you some more coffee. Don't worry. Yeah, bring me some coffee. So did you... Jordan, did you Jordan has a point to make. Just when you please. brought up authenticity, some, and obviously that's almost now to a point, uh, it's, it's such a buzzword that gets thrown around all the time that it almost doesn't mean what maybe was the original intention of creating the conversation around being authentic. But it's true in the sense that like if you do exercises like the ones we're doing or have the conversations like the ones that we like to have with each other, a lot of it comes back to self-awareness and acceptance of self. And yeah, there can be uh, a thousand lawyers in a county, but like there's only one of you in that county. Right, so and your personality, your experience, your story, the way you relate to people, and I think the more that we can cultivate a relationship with our own selves, create um, acceptance of ourselves, and really own our strengths and own our interests, uh, then we're really going to be able to confidently come from a place of authenticity and ultimately add greater value um, to others in whatever way we do that. You used to always speak about sincerity that initially you wanted to start with just being sincere about something because you can't just, I think a lot of people want to just say that I'm authentic, right? Can you speak on that at all? Of, of how you get to, to, to a place where people realize like, oh, wait, this band or this business or this person, this entity, this whatever, the podcast is authentic. How do you get to a place of authenticity? Like I said, I think it comes down to one, being comfortable with yourself, accepting of yourself, um, and, and, to a point where when, when you're interacting with other people, whether you're as a performer on stage or you're selling coffee in, in a cafe that you own or you're training someone, um, or even if you're just playing video games with them, that one, you're comfortable with yourself and you're allowing yourself to share with the other person an experience in a way that you want to add value to them. Um, you're not selling them necessarily, you're adding value, you're leading with that, but you really don't care if they're going to judge you, right? Because once we start, you know, living in fear of others' opinions of us, then we're not going to be authentic anymore. We're going to start censoring ourselves, right? So it kind of comes down to this idea of we really uh, care about the other person we're with, but we don't let their judgments of us dictate how we feel about ourselves. That's great. To add to that, the more you do that you like to do, the more naturally excited you'll be. Excitement is a very real, authentic feeling for everybody. Different things make people excited. So the more things that you do that you like, the more you utilize a list like this and model your life around it, I think the easier it, it is to create that self-awareness, to not let other people judge you. Because at the end of the day, you're going to do what you like to do, and it's going to make you happy. And when you are truly happy, I think you have to be authentic. And when you live that way, you're going to start attracting people that align with you too. 100%. It, it's, it's absolutely uh, contagious. It really is. Well, that excitement's contagious. You know, If you're absolutely. super excited about everything that you're getting up to do every morning, whatever that may be, and you start to attract more people. I mean, come on now. Like well, that, can, that excitement, that's infectious. You Pe can and people, people want in, that in yeah. life, not, even, not toxic people around you. Even people that have no 
relation to you or don't do anything close to you, you know, if, if they see that, if they see real, real excitement, real passion, it's attractive may, in may, some way or another. Maybe that's a really good way of tying this all back to finding your voice through your socials and knowing what kind of content to put out. You find out what do you, when you make, maybe you make a list like this or you go try experiences and you find out what you get really excited about. You feel that cool tingle. And when you feel really freaking excited, that's when you start to really start expressing that to audiences that are, are, you know are not there in front of you, but because you can reach the world, you really find your voice and start to show your passion, excitement through whatever that, that, uh, that avenue may be, whatever that um, It's show and tell, man. Is. Yeah, and then, and, tell. and then you'll start attracting these people, and it's, I mean, it sounds awesome. And I'm already thinking about Jordan doing a post or something, uh, I don't know, something with Beatwell. Related to it, just expressing something that you're excited about. Like, yeah, I'm stuck on this, this for yeah. a minute. It's like when we were little kids. Right. Our teachers What did you say, bring in for show and tell? I brought. I absolutely brought in my He-Man dolls. He-Man? Dude, well, I, I, had like He-Man, He-Man, I had like right. He-Man action figures. And I, I don't had even to, know like, what that is. I had like Skeletor. <laughs> what is a He-Man doll? Dude, go look up He-Man. Hair. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, but like I, like I remember bringing Hercules. like all these like action figures in. They were all scary and like you know, muscular monsters and being like, this is what I'm into. You still have it? What? No, I don't have it, unfortunately. But, like, when we were kids, we didn't worry about what anybody thought. We just showed people Jordan, what, what we like. Although I remember clearly in kindergarten bringing in one of those magic eight ball things. <laughs> and then this other girl had the nin- Ninja Turtles Technodrome. Mm. Right? Mm. The thing, the, the, the sphere. Dude, I had that. Right? So it was I like, totally it was like their that. version of the Death Star. And I was so fucking jealous. And I was like, wait, wait, God, wait, wait, what wait. a what a five year old loser I am with with a with a magic eight ball. When this girl's you, got the whole freaking techno. You just threw out Death Star. When did you find out what that was? Well, Star Wars, man, come on. Yeah, but when did you first see Star Wars? You know, back in 2016. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> that was good. I was impressed you said that. I don't honestly, I don't really remember what I brought in for show and tell, but I remember it was awesome because you could pick something. And you felt great about whatever the fuck you were showing. It was great. Maybe Even, we should have show and tell here. We can totally do show and tell. Even variety shows. Like, for me, it was easy. I'm, I have video oh, of me in the oh, fourth God. grade playing Wipeout <sighs> on of my course. drum set. <laughs> <laughs> playing Wipeout on my drum set in front of the whole school. And, like, that's what I was doing in fourth grade. I, I heard stuck it, with it, though. You I, know? I heard Cashmere, I get Led Zeppelin. Okay. Recently, and I thought about playing the middle school. I don't even know if it was a talent show, but we we had to get my brother to come to 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 my school to play with us. Oh, and and this other dude played with us, and I'm thinking like, man, oh, that's just wild. We played that, and we played American Woman, and and when I heard American Woman recently, I that's it makes me think of that. So I'm kind of, I don't know, maybe a little more embarrassed about it. Well, but it was still great nonetheless. Everybody's it's embarrassed funny about something. It's funny thoughts. Multiple, I'm embarrassed about multiple things in my life. I'm I think sure. about them constantly. We can actually do a whole podcast about embarrassment because I have a lot to say on the matter. Well, I'm sure what about there's embarrassment? a lot of people who would be interested to hear that. Yeah. yeah. What about embarrassment where then someone picked you up and was like, oh, dude, don't be embarrassed by that. Wait, say this again? I'm I have sorry. a story of that. Where like, you know, like I remember in middle school, I got to the locker room to change for gym class and I had toilet paper. <laughs> like hanging out my boxes or something. And and my friend, shout out to Mike Polanski, what a great guy. He was just like, dude, you got a little TP in the in the back in the butt area. He's like, just throw it away. Throw it away. 
And that was great. I was super embarrassed. And right away, he just comforted me. See, he was sincere. So now well, I think that's he's, good. But a lot of people had, didn't dude. have Mike Polanski. Well, I have other, <laughs> I have other very embarrassing. A lot of people. Though. But shout out to Mike Polanski. Yeah, that was a, fucking a what, a, of, what a guy. I was, and I don't want to go down this rabbit hole right just now. Just give but, us, but, give but us it really is something one. that we should talk about. Give us one. Well, no, I'm not even talking about me. It's not even about embarrassment. But you know, you're talking about. Having a friend that comes up to you and does something nice for you like that. Well, he he was a vigilant when he I was, was at Dark the, Knight. When I was at the, um, I don't even want to say because I don't want to. I don't even want to give people context. But <laughs> I was somewhere with a lot of people that it was an environment where people were opening up and talking, and there were quite a few people that said the same overarching thing to me, which was they had been bullied mm-hmm. really badly, mm-hmm. and told me stories about the bullying, and it fucking sucks like it like it's not even embarrassing it's like demoralizing and mortifying and that's something that i know is also a cliche thing but we could talk but i do think we need to talk about that at some point because it's very real even to people i see it all the time with people our age still right i hear about it all the time and it's again i don't want that shit to be a part of this podcast i don't want that shit in this group yeah I don't want to go down again. I don't want to go down that rabbit hole right now, but it's something that I'm going to write it down. I would like to to bring up, and I don't know if you guys were ever bullied. I was, if you were, like hardcore fourth grade, which is a really, really, you know, like one of those tough years, and for really stupid reasons. Yeah. So we could definitely talk about that. We talk about that. But if anybody does listen to this and feels compelled to share a story about embarrassment or bullying or even doing this list. I mean, just share it with us. But the more Please. stuff that you guys um, share with us or, or express that you want to talk about, the better we can hone our podcast for for you guys, you yeah. know, for the listeners. I mean, too. Again, this is flexible for us. We're learning as we do this what works for us, what feels good. And we want this to be you know, a creative relationship with you guys as well. And we'll be flexible, obviously, with the time as well, because we went down some really cool rabbit holes and came out the other side, I think, with uh, some really great takeaways. Yeah. And so this is the third one. It's much longer than the first two, which is totally okay. Yeah. That said, I say we wrap up. Uh, to, yep. to, to wrap this up, I would really encourage everybody, if you haven't done so yet, to dig into your lists a little bit further, hopefully through the process of us discussing them, uh, and even some of the examples that we've discussed, maybe it'll make things a little bit clearer for you if it wasn't before. I would personally love to see what people do. So if you can post pictures or, again, talk about your lists. Uh, make a video post and post it on the wall. That'd be great. Yeah, just uh, just search Chocolate Croissants as a group on Facebook. Um, I'm pretty sure the link is facebook.com slash groups slash chocolate croissants. You got um, to request to be added in, but we'll add you guys in, and we'd love to... Uh, to have you guys come be a part of, of what's going on here. So um, we'll be back with another episode soon. We'll talk about some fun stuff. We'll talk about some tough stuff. Do we want to say every Monday? I don't know. Okay. Let's just wait and see. All right, that's fine. All right. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Bye.